Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 387. Many times means it's the longer road, the harder road, the bumpier road. And uh, but it, it's that finding that passion inside you that you're willing to commit to excellence. And so I, I found in our in our in our field that, you know, that those people that were willing to commit to excellence are, you know, they're special people. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Who loves doing paperwork? No one. Sorcery is an efficient online AP automated solution for the food service industry and restaurants, large and small, are using Sorcery to provide a scalable solution to help them create efficiencies and ultimately grow their business while impacting their bottom line. To learn more, head to GetSorcery.com. That's G-E-T-S-O-U-R-C-E-R-Y.com. And be sure to mention Restaurant Unstoppable to get your first month free. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest chef, Charles Carroll's chef. Are you feeling unstoppable today? I sure am, Eric, and thank you for having me on the show. Oh, man, I am so honored to have you on the show. I have a feeling this is going to be a good one. I really cannot wait to get into it. But just so the listeners know who we're talking to, Chef Charles Carroll is an award-winning chef who's traveled the world speaking on championship thinking and personal greatness. For his work with the U.S. troops abroad, he was personally commended by five U.S. presidents. Chef Carroll currently serves as executive chef in... uh, of Houston's prestigious River Oaks Country Club. Additionally, Chef Carroll is a co-author of The Recipe, a story of loss, love, and the ingredients to greatness, uh, which I just finished reading today, and I loved it. I cannot wait to dive into the contents of this book and to learn more about you and how you got to where you are today, Chef. But let's get that motivational, inspirational, ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you have for us? Where? Well, Eric, I guess if I could if if I could share one thing today with your your uh, guests, it would be to encourage them to find that thing inside them that that makes them tick. I think we're all put on this earth uh, to do something special, and it, it's sad to to say that a lot of people either don't find it or they found it and they're they're too scared to uh, to to act on it. So I just like to encourage everybody to find that thing inside you that makes you jump out of bed in the morning and then have the courage to go ahead and jump off the cliff and, and go after it. Beautiful. So let me ask you, chef, what's the thing inside you that makes you tick? <laughs> Depends on what day a week it is. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm so blessed that I have, I have four or five projects that I'm chasing right now. And, and, uh, you know, we're in October now and, and, uh, you know, I, I'm doing projects now that I wasn't even thinking about in January. So, you know that's that's the cool thing about life and and uh, um, you know that we we live in this beautiful country that allows us to chase dreams and and uh, so that's what I'm doing. I'm well, of course, the book is really important right now. This is our this is our launch uh, month uh, for the recipe that's which is hugely exciting with John David Mann, one of the most talented uh, writers uh, authors in the country today. So that's big. It's coming out on the 17th. So that's taking a lot of our time and. 
and I'm also proud to say that um, you know we uh, we have very very serious movie interest in the book, and and uh, so that's that's kind of making me jump out of bed in the that's morning. And awesome, yeah. That's, so that's super exciting. Wait, so did you? I, I don't know if I picked up on what exactly makes you tick, though. What is it exactly that makes you tick? Well, um, and that was all well, great I, news you shared with us, by the way. I don't want to underplay all the amazing things happening in your life, but really I mean, boil it down. Yeah, I mean, what makes you tick? I mean, it is, uh, you know, when you when you accomplish something, I mean, how good you feel, you know, and, 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 and I, I've been chasing that that feeling for 30 years now, and, and I know it drives my wife crazy, and and, uh, and I'm not the type of guy who goes home and sits on the couch and, and um, goes to bed and gets up the next morning. I'm, I'm always working on something. This is my third book. And, and uh, you know, I started a podcast uh, a month ago, a month and a half nice. ago called The Recipe, The Recipe Podcast. And uh, Celebrity Secrets to a Successful Life. And, and that's going fantastic. So I guess, it, I guess it's that um, – that, what that thing is, is is the opportunity to dream and, and then to, to act on them. That's what's that's what's I dig making it. it fun for me. I dig it. I can I I'll I'll take that. I'll take that. We can go on. Uh, so <laughs> what got you into this industry? Take us back to the moment you first got into this industry uh, and what that was like. Well I, I grew up in uh, in Vermont. You're you're a New Englander up there. So uh, I see you're wearing a funny shirt. I'll let that go. Uh, but it's <laughs> a Patriot shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so i grew up in i grew up in uh waterford vermont and and my mom and dad owned a country inn and so any your listeners know if you have a family-owned business you're working eight days a week and you're shoveling snow and stocking fireplaces and and you know and and i started cooking breakfast at at uh, when i was in third grade and um so then I went from there. I have, I'm proud to say I've only had three jobs all my life. I was the, the chef at the Balsam Spring Resort Hotel, which is not too far from you, northern tip of New Hampshire. It's a four-star, four-diamond resort. I was uh, the chef at Oak Hill Country Club in Rochester, and now um, almost 18 years down here in Houston at, at uh, River Oaks Country Club. Awesome. So when did you know that this was going to be your career and just not like a for-now job, a for-now like nine? How old were you? said you were in third grade? So what was that well, like? I, yeah, I was third grade, uh, nine uh, years old, ten years old, working yeah, in a, something, a diner, so, something like that. You know, I was I was a gym rat, as they say. I mean, I was always at my dad's ankles doing whatever he did. My dad's a chef, my brother's a chef, and so I wanted to be a uh, either an NBA basketball player <laughs> or a chef. And the, the five foot nine thing didn't quite work out for me. So um, it, yeah, I mean, it's all I ever did. Can you take us to a moment, Chef, where you kind of like accepted your fate? Or maybe even better, were excited for your fate. And is there one moment where you can bring it back to? Well, you know, every year is is exciting for me right now. I mean, I mean, I look back in the day when I was young, when I was in my twenties, and I was a you know a chef at a four star four diamond resort, and that was the thing. And then. You know, and then I, I get on my first Olympic team. Now I've been a part of eight different Olympic teams. And there's always something, you know, there's always, that again, this thing that makes me jump out of bed morning. The Olympics absorbed a lot of my life, you know, traveling all over the world. I haven't seen any of it, but I traveled all over the world and competed. And uh, and then I got into the books, you know. My first book was Leadership Lessons from a Chef, Finding Time to be Great. And the second one was Tasting Success, uh, Your Guide to Becoming a Chef. And so I had a blast doing that. And, and then uh, I got into 
serving uh, serving the troops. I, we've uh, we've done uh, two shows in Afghanistan and war zones for our troops where we fed them a Cajun Creole meal, gave away tons and tons of gifts, literally, and uh, put on several entertainment shows. And and I did that in 2011, 2013. And that's a that's something that takes your time every single day for an entire entire year to raise all that money and get the team together and 30,000 pounds of show gear and that kind of thing. So that absorbed my life. And then I became world uh, president of the World Association of Chef Society. Um, that one, I was sitting in the wrong seat at the wrong time when the music stopped. So I wasn't trying to be the president, but uh, I'm proud of what we accomplished. That's 104 countries or 105 countries and 10 million chefs. That was a big job. And uh, and now it's uh, finishing this book with John Mann, the recipe, and and uh, now we're now we're talking to a uh, it's in front of five producers, but one is just on fire about it. So that's a that that's amazingly exciting for me, you know. Because I, yeah. I wrote, I can only imagine. It's incredible. Yeah, I, I wrote the book with the intentions of it becoming a movie. So and and then John David Mann, one of the most talented writers. I mean, he, he just turned it into you know color and. 3d and and widescreen and everything else so he's brilliant so i mean that, i mean that's just just you know and the podcast you know i like you're you're an expert in it i'm just i'm just getting started now <laughs> and uh but the recipe podcast and get an opportunity to talk with celebrities and um so i mean just having a blast I'm, i love where i am right now in my life i can't wait to get into the present day of what's happening today and to, to dive into your book and the lessons shared in your book uh but can you reflect back on the moment chef where you said this is going to be my career and i want to kind of hone in on maybe some of the advice you can give our listeners on how to get intentional and start you know, being proactive, living with intent to make things happen in their life, life, like you've made things happen in your life. So bring us back to that moment and then give us your advice on how to live intentionally to, you know, hindsight being 2020, what advice would you give your past version of yourself? That kind of thing. Well, well, I was, you know, I was blessed that, uh, when I was on Olympic team, very young, uh, and at a very young age and what that did was, and I got an Olympic gold medal at a very young age. What that did was instill um, leadership skills within me because I was on that team with a lot of seasoned veterans and a lot of great chefs, and, and it it I learned a lot of life lessons and a lot of a lot of uh, team uh, lessons and how to build teams, how to build great teams, and and so I was lucky enough to experience some of that very at a very young age. So I brought that back to my team at the Balsams. And, and I guess, I guess that was kind of maybe my first aha moment, you know, uh, to be able to represent United States, you know, was fantastic. And then to come back and build my team at the balsams that allowed me to, um, that, uh, that allowed me to share those skills with the team around me. And I had a young, young team there, 63, uh, employees and they gravitated to it tremendously. So, at that point, I think at the Balsams, I realized, hey, this is really cool. Um, I have a bunch of young people who really love doing this. They're following my direction, and I love being the mentor. So that, I think that was my first experience as being a mentor and realizing I, I'm really going to take the ball and run with this. So you were 24 years old, correct, when you won that when you went to the Olympics and won the gold? That sounds right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. wow. Uh, and so – what I'm picking up from you is what really made an impact, what really 
excited you was the ability that you can take what you know, you can use what just happened in your life to excite other people, to get your team riled up, to build a team, to use this leverage to to attract onto yourself amazing people and then give them the knowledge that you know. Is that safe to say? Yeah, that's safe to say. And, and uh, you know, for you to be on any chef to be an Olympic team, it takes a lot of time away from the property and it's tough on the on the property. It's tough on the other employees. And so, you know, the secret to that success is you have to bring back. You got to you just can't uh, ignore that. You if people are going to cover for you to be gone, you got to bring back and share with your team and, and um, give them. Everything that you just you just got the the experience that you just got you got to bring it back and share it with them and they uh, they all thrived on that so that's why I was able to be successful with that. Beautiful. So who? Wh- when did you learn this lesson? You said that was your aha moment. How to build the team? And we're gonna I guess we're gonna dive into this topic a little bit more later. But can you remember that moment happening? Like who are you observing? Who who gave you this lesson? Oh, my dad. Um, my dad was a, a chef, and he—he's the one that showed me the Olympic movie. He was a culinary instructor, and in, and in, at the St. Joshua Academy, and he showed an Olympic video to the class. And I was a senior in high school, and I was like, "Wow, I want to—I want to do that. I want to compete as in the culinary Olympics because I had a taste of competition, but on a student level." And then when I went to the CIA, the Culinary Institute of America, in New York, uh, I saw these chefs that were in the movie. And so I chased them down the hallways and, and, and nipped at their ankles and everything else and begged them to volunteer for anything. And so that's where I got the bug and I chased it. But you, you, you asked for, a, 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 you know, the secret of it all. You know, I think I got four or five projects going on right now. So the podcast, uh, the recipe podcast takes up a lot of my time. My job uh, takes up a lot of my time, you know, the majority of my time. In the book, the recipe, and the promotion, and the, and the movie, working on a TV show, uh, working on a children's book with my daughter. Um, and there's a couple of things I'm missing in there. Um, there's a couple of, there is a, I'm not going to bore you with, but my, my secret is, is, is that you got to jump and, and, and what do I know? Wh- what did I know about, uh, the movies? You know, I know nothing about the movie business and what do I know about a, a TV show? And, you know, I know nothing, but, but I, I just, if you, if you have it in your heart, if you found that thing in your heart, you dig down and you find it, and then you got to chase it. And then and and then the second thing, so that's number one, chase it, go after it. And and the next thing is 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 don't give up. Be okay with the the process. Be okay with with the the path that you're taking because it's going to bump you around like a pinball machine. And, and and you know I'm like I said I'm doing things this month that I wasn't even dreaming about in January. So so your idea may start as a one on the left the far left hand side. And then three or four months later, it's going to be like a nine or a ten or eleven. And it's going to be on the far right hand side. <laughs> but just but just be okay with the process. And it's not. I want to be like a cliche, but but it uh, the, the failure is not a not not. It's it's really it's not a failure. You know, it's 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 bumping you. Okay, that didn't go quite right. So now it bumped you to the right. Now it, it it's. I don't look at it as a failure at all. It's just it's continuing to guide me into a direction where it's finally going to work. Like the TV show, for instance, I had 80 meetings with it. I haven't had a bad meeting at all. I've had a lot of meetings where people told me that's not going to work or you don't need to go that way. I had meetings with people locally in the NBC and ABC local. Um, and then I realized, you know what, we're going to, we need to go national with this thing. So was that, were those wasted meetings? No, not at all. I mean, I learned from those meetings. So that, that's my biggest lesson to your listeners is be okay with the process. Be okay with the journey. 
enjoy the journey and let it bump you around. Oh, man. But, but just keep going. <laughs> what you're sharing with me is, is resonating so much right now because I feel like I'm getting bumped hard right now uh, trying to get this podcast, trying to pay rent, trying to just make ends meet and still show up and do three episodes a week. And some crazy things are happening. I'll, I'll, I'll dive into that into the closing thoughts after we finish recording. Uh, but I totally get what you're saying. And if you're if you're not feeling like you're losing control, you're not going fast enough. I think that's a Mario Andretti uh, quote. If you, if you have control, you're not going fast enough. So if you feel like you have no control, good. That means you're doing something right. Um, I love it. Awesome. So, okay. So you're at the Balsams. That's the, the second job you had after working in your local, your hometown, right? Vermont, you moved to Northern New Hampshire. You're working at the Balsams. You've had three jobs. So what things did you do? I mean, why make the change? What, what were you doing intentionally to, I guess, uh, to scale your career? Well, I, I was there 13 years and, and it was time, um, it was time to make a change, and, and uh, I was still, uh, even though I was the executive chef there, I was still slightly under the shadow of a, um, of, a of one of the directors there, and, and, and he, he, I looked at as him as one of my mentors, really. Um, but I was ready for the next step, and, and uh, there was a pretty significant change in, in salary as well. But I, I could have, you know, I'm blessed uh, because I could have – you know, been there for another 10 or 15 years. And I, I, I'm so blessed that I did make that, that I had the courage to jump. And I went to Rochester, New York at Oak Hill country club. And that's one of the top golf courses in the, in the, in the world really. Um, and I took that jump and leap of faith and I was there four years and, and that was a great experience for me. And I was recruited to come down to, to river Oaks. And, you know, at the time was one of the top, you know, top clubs in the United States and I've been here, it'll be 18 years in May. Okay, so I'm tempted to just start pull, pulling back the layers and start trying to find the lessons you've learned along the way. But I feel like those lessons were what you put in the book. So we might as well just dive into the content of your book and share some of those those aha moments, some of those nuggets, some of the the, the recipe, if you will. Um, so I guess before we dive into the recipe, talk about this book and why you felt the desire to write it and how you even came across and got the opportunity to write with John David Mann, uh, the mm. author, also The Go-Giver, which we had Bob Berg on the show. And I love that book, but he's such a great writer. So how did this all come together? Well, after my first two books, I was I had great success with that. And I was traveling all over the United States and parts of the world. And I was doing a lot of speaking. And, and, um, and so these books, I'm proud to say, is in over 60 schools wow. around, around the United States and parts of the world. And so I'm very proud of that. Um, but I wanted to write a book that, that um, you know, so that's in our industry hospitality schools. I wanted to write a book that you would see in Barnes and Noble and at all the airports, and I wanted to see, you know, that kind of book. And and so I wanted to write a parable. And I wanted, and, and I and I, I swear to God, it was seven eight years ago. I wrote it. I, I wanted, it. you know, I'm a big dreamer. If you haven't noticed, and and uh, I dig it. And I want, I, I wanted to write a, a book that would become a movie. I mean, that was my goal. And you know, even if I was somewhat you know, shy of that goal, at least, you know, it'd be another, it'd be a third book. And that was, I didn't want to be a one hit wonder. And so, um, so that's where I started it. So I, I wanted it to be a cool book. I wanted it to be a movie and I want to touch people's hearts. I wanted to, I wanted to resonate with them. And, and so I'm at home one day and I'm having a cup of coffee and on a Sunday and, and, uh, I read the go giver and, and I see John David Mann on Facebook and I said, Oh, that's cool. I pinged him and didn't think of any, anything of it. And he replied back. 
And I said, wow, you replied back. This is cool. And, and uh, so we had a conversation and I shared with him my first two books. And, and I said, hey, I got an idea for a third book. And he'll, he'll tell you that, uh, you know, man, if he had a penny for every time somebody said that to him, because uh, he's a highly sought after guy. And so I told him the concept and he says, wow, I really dig it. You know, I, and I said, well, I'll send you the manuscript, you know, if you promise not to share it with anybody. And, and it was very, very raw material at that point. And, uh, and I sent it to him with a little package of, uh, uh, uh some, uh, pasta and, uh, some truffle oil and some nice. sun dried tomatoes. I put a meal together <laughs> and, I, and I sent it to him and, uh, and that, and then, and then it was, you know, it's just taken us this long to, to clear our calendar so we both could work on it. Um, so that was seven years ago. You first reached out to, to collaborate. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I, I've been waiting this long. I mean, I've been biting at the, you know, at, at the end of the table to push, 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 but I know John was the guy for it, you mm-hmm. know? And, um, I mean, he's brilliant and, and he's, and he's the absolutely right guy to do yeah. it. And he, he's got some amazing books out. He has and, just a uh, way to, to make things flow, uh, just yeah. a way to, to tell a story, to, to be crystal clear in as few words as possible, but at the same time to connect with your emotions. Uh, I yeah. mean, I got cherry eyed a couple of times reading this book. I'm not going to lie. I don't know if yeah. that was your work, if that was his work. I don't want to not give you any credit, yeah. but, uh, it was great. Um, so Okay, so that's how this book came to be. Um, what was the objective? What were you hoping after your, the reader finished this book? What were you hoping to leave them with? Well, like I said before, we want to touch their hearts. But the best um, we have a we had a launch team of about two hundred people, and the best comment that we kept hearing over well, we heard two or three of them, um, but. So you can hear the China in the background. I apologize for the <laughs> okay. We I'm hear it all the time. <laughs> war zone of the kitchen here. So um, that's but uh, but we wanted to t- touch their hearts. And the, the the one of the best comments we've heard over and over again was um, that the book stayed with a reader uh, two or three weeks after they got done reading the book. They kept thinking about Owen, the boy, and 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 the chef. And and uh, I mean that what a what a compliment that is. And so that, that meant a lot to us. And, and then the second thing was how real the food is and how, how descriptive the food is. And obviously that's, you know, that was our collaboration with John and I, and, and John, we had a lot, a lot of conversations over the phone that John's cooking at the stove, trying to understand, you know, what the, how it was to make an omelet perfect. And so, you know, think about it. So that this is all very, very intentional because I mean, think about how many food movies there are out there that you can think of. There's maybe five, right? Ratatouille, Julia, Julia, The Hundred Foot Journey. If you ever seen that, I, I mean, it's one of my favorite ones. Uh, it's kind of in the background. Um, Chef and Burnt, maybe that's it, mm-hmm. right? And and um, Spanglish, way back in the day, I remember that one. The food was, you know, was such a big part of the story. So that was the intention of this book, and. It's it's so relatable to life, mm. you know what I mean. Uh, you have to have patience, and you have to plant a seed, and you have to water that seed, and you have to watch it grow, and you have to care, and then you have to you know harvest that vegetable and those kinds of things. So it's it's really beautiful written, and and uh, and um, I mean that's that's the whole thing. We yeah. want to stay with you. You know this book is beautifully written, like you said, and he. Th- they really do get into the details of the process of cooking and teaching this young person, Owen, uh, all about the kitchen. But what this book was for me is you know, so much of what I've learned interviewing 380 
restaurateurs and chef, 380 total mentors, is that to be successful in this industry, you need to have transformative relationships where it isn't just I'm the boss, I'm the owner, you're my employee, but I'm here to transform you, to make you a better person, to take what I know, to share that with you and to make you a better person, to mentor you, to develop you into the person in the future who's going to do the same exact thing to the next generation. We learn so much about really caring about your people and taking the time to transform them into professionals and to, to, to the people we need to be. And that's what this book was for me. It was the definition of a transformative relationship mm-hmm. and it was beautiful. Um, do you want to reflect on what I just shared? Yeah. I mean, I think you nailed it. I mean, just for, so your, your listeners understand the boys, you know, it's about a little boy who loses his dad at a young age and he's mad at the world, mad at God. And, and this, there's a crusty old diner chef that sees this, who happens to be a, a friend of, of, of Owen's dad. And he sees a boy get in trouble. So he reaches out and each chapter is a life lesson and each chapter they cook something. Mm-hmm. So, Usually when I say that a light bulb goes off in everybody's head, I can totally see how this happens mm. because there's life lessons in food every day. And, and so that's what it's about. And, and uh, yeah, and, 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 and it's so well done that the chef is so awesome that he kind of sits back and he lets Owen make his own decisions. He makes Owen um, uh, become a man, uh, but, he, but he does it from a – a little bit of a distance, and one of the, the, the very first scene um, in the book where the, uh, Owen's really upset, and he's sitting in the diner, and he had to go in because uh, well, you have to you have to buy the book to find out. But anyway, yeah. he has to go in, and the chef sits down and gives him a hot dog, and Owen's really pissed off. He's mad, he's angry, he doesn't want to be there, and then the chef says, "Well, go ahead and taste the hot dog." And he says, "You know, what do, what do you taste?" And he says, "Well, it's a stupid hot dog. What do you think? You know, well, I don't understand." And he said, "Well, what, do you, what else do you taste?" And and he thinks about it some more and he thinks about it more. And all of a sudden, Owen starts having these wonderful food memories of his dad sitting in a baseball park, enjoying the afternoon with his dad and the, his hand of his, the hand of his father on his shoulder and the sun beating down watching a baseball game. That, that, so that one second, that one 10 minutes or so, the chef took Owen – and, and took all these bricks off his back, all this anger. He removed it all just for that 10 or 15 minutes. He removed that anger from him. That's what this story is about. There, there's these layers and layers and layers of life lessons. And, that, and that's how the chef goes about. So it, it will it will bring tears to your eyes. Oh, I'm yeah. Sure. It, it brought tears to my eyes. And today, what I hope we can do, um, I'm not going to give away the story because I feel like we need to leave something for the listeners at home to go and a reason for them to go get the book. But what I was hoping to do, this being a uh, a podcast all about sharing knowledge and inspiring and motivating and just being a place to just to, to get that information, I was hoping we could go over the the, the recipe, the five uh, chef's five rules. Um, you cool with that? Is that giving away too much? Sure. I mean, yeah, we have... Um, we won't get too deep, but I, de- I definitely want to touch on some of them and reflect on some of these lessons. Well, the, he has... He has... Well, there's there's seven rules of the kitchen that... that it's oh, sorry. Creatively- seven. I don't know why I said yeah, five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that it's creatively done. And uh, I, people ask me all the time, is it a true story or is it about you? Are you the chef or are you the, are you the boy? Which, you know, what... And the answer is kind of all of the above. It's not a true story, um, but it is a story about a lot of things that are part of my life. I've seen in my life or, or I, I know about it. You know, my dad owned a diner um, in New England, in Vermont, and it was called Mapletown Dinette. Well, the, the story takes place in Mapletown. So it's creative like that. 
And then the waitresses in the books were my mom and my my aunt, and that was actually a true story. So a lot of the things that happened, that, you know, like part of the seven rules, uh, we have guiding principles here at the club that we use. You know, those are part of our guiding principles. So there's a lot of things like that. But the first one, what we've done in the book is is that we have the rules of the kitchen where the chef always comes back in, 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 in times of need of Owen and then, and then twists them into, in, into rules of life. So like the first one being uh, tasting everything. So, you know, in the kitchen, like I mentioned, I have, uh, I don't know if I did mention or not, but I have six kitchens and, and three restaurants and 75 cooks and we have, you know, 80 to 100 functions a week. So I can't be everywhere all the time, but I constantly have to remind my people to taste because mm. we're so damn busy that I just put get it out, get it out, get it out. And I said, you got to slow down and taste. You got to smell and you got to feel. And so taste everything while you're in the kitchen. But that kind of resonates back where, where as far as life is concerned, as as savor savor every moment. Mm. You know, slow down and mm-hmm. savor every moment. So that's that's kind of an idea. And maybe number two would be. Um, Can I reflect every- on that real quick? Do you sure, mind if we sure. just dive deeper into these a little bit? So, yeah, reading that taste, everything. Uh, what? How that? How that connected with me? Some of the things I learned interviewing so so many people, reading the books they told me to read, is to, to be present, to be mindful, to really take in what's going around you, uh, into not just get lost in it all, but just to, to appreciate the moment you're in. That's that's kind of what taste everything meant to me. What do you think? Is that did I miss it or No, you're 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 spot on. Be present in the moment. Be, you know, slow down and understand and see what's going on around you. Absolutely. Beautiful. Yeah. So that was the first uh rule, the first uh not, is, were they rules or recipes? I'm sorry. I've, no, they're 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 rules. Rules, yeah. yes, Chef's rules. Okay, yeah. so let's go on to the second rule. But first, let's take a quick break to thank our sponsors. Nobody likes doing paperwork. If you have a growing group of restaurants and find yourself wishing you could snap your fingers and have all of your invoices and AP instantly disappear from your plate, then you need to call Sorcery. Sorcery is used to make owning and operating a restaurant a breeze. Instead of dreading invoices, you'll be delighted to be synced with every vendor. With their new relationships, you can work on negotiating the best price to improve your margins and Sorcery's biggest superpower is that they watch the prices you pay across the kitchen from dry goods to proteins to produce and when citrus skyrockets you'll know to update your recipes before you end up kicking yourself at the end of the quarter to learn more head over to www.getsorcery.com or find the banner in the show notes if you mention restaurant unstoppable at checkout you'll get your first month free yep we're back and what is that second rule chef Im- improve everything you touch and uh you know as chefs that's kind of a tricky thing that because we want a tomato to taste like a tomato and sometimes a young person wants to you know, twist it around and add a hundred different ingredients and, and whatever. Sometimes you just got to let the ingredient be the ingredient, but we got to bring the best out of it. So improve everything you touch. So that means you have to slow down and you have to look at the, you know, the tomatoes that we get in this week are going to be different tasting than they are coming in next week, you know, depending on how, what the weather is like and so on, especially jalapenos and those kind of things. So you may get some that are fire engine hot this week, but they're not next week. So you can't just follow a recipe. You got, you got to, 
you're going to slow down and you're going to improve everything you touch. And, and as it uh, uh, relates to the life lesson is make the world a better place with everything that you do. And, and that's a big statement. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's hard to, to – but if you slow down, it's kind of like what you do when the lights are off. You know, what do you do when no one's looking? Um, you know, you, you, I, who are you? Uh, when no one's looking. So yeah, that, that's kind of how that, that, that relates. And when I was reading this to kind of tie off of the whole be present, be mindful, uh, we lose track often in the moment of what we're contributing. Are we lifting the situation up or are we bringing it down? Are we making it better? Are we letting our emotions get the best of us? So if you're present, are you in, when you are present, when you take that time to be present, ask, am I, am I contributing or am I taking away? And I think it's, it's really, I mean, we take away more often than we probably realize our, our energy or our attitude, if, you know, and we don't realize it. Um, but I mean, always ask yourself, you know, am I improving the situation and or, or am I taking it and making it worse? Uh, and that was really powerful. So what was the third uh, lesson, the, the chef rule that you want to share? It's one of my favorite, it's one of my favorite ones uh, is, is pay attention to the little things and, and and the reason why I like that one, well, the, the rest of that, the other second half of that is is the big things tend to take care of themselves. In the competition world or in the younger generation, you know, they come out, they 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 don't necessarily see see the start the starting line. They see the finish line. They see the the Olympic gold medal on the stage, and that's what they want. But they don't they don't realize what it took to get to the starting line, mm. to even get a chance to run the race, let alone win the gold medal. So. The, the the lesson here is to pay attention to the little things. You got you got to learn. You got to take each step one at a time. You can't jump from the from the ground to the top of the porch without taking the steps. You have to you have to learn the basics and you have to learn the foundation. You have to get to that starting line in order to run the race. So don't don't take don't take that too lightly. And then the. Um, uh, Do you mind if I chime in real quick? Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I'm happy that you you took that angle because honestly, when I was reading it, the the angle I took is just going inward, going deep, exploring what matters to you, and really uh, paying attention. Going not even just to you, but going deeper into your restaurant, not thinking about what's the future look like. How can I expand? How can I get bigger? But what can I do in this moment right now with what I have to be the best I can be in this moment to pay attention to the details that comes up a lot on the show, but your angle, um, say it one more time, just to make sure I want to make sure I'm on track. What, what, what you were trying to do with this? Well, well, pay attention to the little things because because you have you have to get to the starting line. Yeah, you know? that's right. It just it just came back to me the idea of scaling and starting where you can the little things and growing. Um, I feel like a lot of people get in trouble with this where they look at the the great chefs, the great restaurant tours of the world, and they go, "I want that today," and they mm-hmm. go and they get all this funding and they try to open a hundred and fifty seat restaurant, and <laughs> they don't realize yeah. what it takes. To, to have that type of momentum. Momentum doesn't happen overnight like that. You've got to push a little pebble and get that thing going and like the yeah. snowball effect. And they try to get behind a, a boulder with like one person. Uh, that's a really cool angle. Yeah. I didn't yeah, see it that true. way when I was reading it. Yeah, it was true. And, and, then, and then how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm, that's number you know, f- was that number? Uh, that, that's kind of the, oh, that's the that's life. That's, that's right. The, that's right. That's the life lesson. Uh, you know, that's connected to it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, which is a good. Um, it kind of goes back to what do you do when no one's looking? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, um, so are you going to make that recipe fantastic today, 
or, or are you going to do it again tomorrow or are you going to be lazy tomorrow? Are you going to try to cheat? So that's kind of like the less. And so the number four would be compose your space. I mean, you got to, you know, I mean, everything that's going on, my desk is full of papers and I got, I got, I got, you know, four different projects I'm trying to keep floating out at the same time is compose your space. And in the kitchen, we call that mise en place. Mm-hmm. You know, everything in its place. And, and a fast, shorter cook has to have everything exactly in its place every single time. Um, so when he goes to reach for the olive oil, it's always in the same place. Well, the same thing goes for life. You know, you can compose your life, put your effort into controlling the, the sail and not the wind. Mm. And, and uh, we can't control the wind. We can't do anything about the wind, but we can put the, the sail in a certain certain area or a certain place that we can maximize and get us to where we want to go. Yeah. And what I was thinking of reading your words uh, was the idea that we have the choice. You know, we have a choice to, we can either choose to uh, do something about our situation and take control of what we do have control over, or we can choose to be a, a victim, let the world happen to us. We can happen to the world or we can just throw our hands up in the air and say, well, it's all a lost cause. So right. you do have control of the things in your immediate, you know, vicinity. And most importantly, you have control of how, you know, your emotions and what you're going to wake up and how you're going to choose to, to, to show up today. And I feel like, uh, I don't know if that was covered so much in the book, but it did make me think of that idea that you can choose to control how you show up your emotions. What do you think of that? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're saying a lot of great stuff. I mean, you should have wrote the book. (laughs) No, but you can choose. And, and, um, you know, I wrote that in my leadership lessons book, you know, lesson number one, show up, mm. you know, f- just freaking show up, you know, you, and, 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 you know, when you wake up in the morning, what you start lining up your day. I mean, I, I get up at, you know, quarter to six every morning. And I start lining up my day as soon as I wake up, I make myself a cup of coffee and then, then I figure out what I want to accomplish today. What's in my to-do list in my head. So what, by the time I get to work, I've already worked an hour and a half. Uh, and I'm ready to, you know, you know, the old saying, if, if you're five minutes early, you're already, you're already 10 minutes late. I mean, you got to sh- just show up and, and, and I, this is not, this isn't one of the lessons, but you know, that the old age, uh, saying that you can be whatever you want to be, you know, uh, just keep going. But you, I, I'm not a fan of that. And I, I, I read that somewhere. I'm not, this is not my quote, but you can't be anything that you want to be. I wanted to be an NBA player. I, I, you know, and I worked hard at it, but I can't, I just, I'm not going to be, I'll never be an NBA player. No matter how hard, you know, no matter how much effort I put into it, I'm five foot nine. I'm, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to be there. How were you but at you, the three point line? Um, not bad, but not, <laughs> not great, not great. But, um, but the point is you can be really great. And, and 10 times better at something that you're already mm-hmm. doing well. Mm-hmm. That you can do. That's so, a great lesson in self. So, yeah. yeah. So focus on that. And uh, it was a good lesson for me too that, you know, your kids came home and they had two A's and a, and a D or, or, or three A's and a C. Hey, you got to get that C up. You know, you get, get that C. That's not right. Well, not everybody's going to be a, a rocket scientist, you know. And I mean, everyone has their skill level. So don't be so hard on your kids that that come home with that, you know, if they're getting two or three A's, you know, or a B plus, and then they get that C, well, understand that maybe math isn't their thing or they're not going to be that rocket scientist. So I, I, that, I love that, that thought process. Yeah, I love it. And I, I, I can just compound on what you're saying. I mean, so much of what you're sharing was so similar to what I experienced 
early on. I was a commercial pilot. I'm also dyslexic, colorblind, and have horrible ADD. And I made the decision that I'm either going to ruin, I'm either going to bust a regulation or hurt somebody because I was making a little mistakes. I made the decision to resign. I was like, this is not right for me. I made it to, I got this far. Like, I'm, I'm okay stepping back now because I realize I'm not in the right lane. And I learned a lot of things about what I was good at. And I think the only reason why I made it as far as I did is because people liked me and they pushed me through the system. And that's a lesson in itself right there. Like if you're likable, maybe work in hospitality. Uh, you know, like I like making people happy, but I totally get what you're saying there. Uh, you know, pay attention to what you're good at and what you're not good at and lean in, lean into your strengths. Don't lean into your weaknesses because you will never be amazing at what you're not good at. Um, and that's, that's right. Awesome lesson right there. Okay. Moving on to the fifth rule. Go ahead. Which is uh, build your team. So, um, you know, in the, in the kitchen world or any, any world, any of your listeners out there, they don't have to be in a kitchen or any job that they have. You know, my dad used to tell me a long time ago, never be afraid to hire somebody more talented than you are in any particular area or spot. You know, you got to build your team. It's like a football team. I, I always look at, I'm a big football fan and I always think about my team as, as you know, like a football team. Who's the best that, at that running back? Who's the best person that can be quarterback? And then sometimes, you know, when you're not, if you're not thinking about the whole picture, you don't, you don't see, uh, let's say you don't see the forest in the middle, you know, the trees in the middle of the forest kind of thing where you realize, oh, crap, you know what? That person actually could play really good defense. Meaning in my job, well, I have a guy that's working banquets but I had no idea that he was so artistic that he could he could actually be a better garmage chef. And it's like a kitchen on the entire side, the different side of the building that I could use their talents in another kitchen better. And and so, I mean that that's uh, building your team. Don't be afraid to hire somebody more talented than you are, and, and be okay with that. And 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 look at it as a whole. And and I guess as far as life is concerned, is is build the people around you. You kind of touched on that earlier build the people around you. I mean, if you do that, if you put your efforts into and you're climbing the ladder to pull people up as opposed to stepping on them to get to where you need to be, I mean, you can get you can get there, but if you're stepping on people on the way up, you're not going to be up there very long. Oh yeah. And that's that right there is probably one of the most common lessons learned or discussed on the show. And how many of my guests, my extremely su- successful restaurant tour guests have said, "I am the least talented person on on my staff and I'm at the top, but they realize the power of surrounding you not letting your ego get the best of you being okay with being the worst and surrounding yourself with people who aren't necessarily visionaries, but have they're good in the dirt. They're good at doing the thing. They're good at building their, their, they're, they're how people, not why people. And if you're a how a why person, you can surround yourself with those, those how people and they can lift you up. Absolutely. That's, that's right. That's I right. Love it. Uh, okay. So moving on to number six, commit to excellence. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then who does that? I mean, who, who, um, and, and commit to excellence many times means it's the longer road, the harder road, the bumpier road. And, uh, but it, it's that finding that passion inside you that you're willing to commit to excellence. And so I, I found in our, in our, in our field that, you know, that those people that were willing to commit to excellence are, you know, they're special people and it's not everybody willing to, willing to uh take that road so that that's really important and it commit to excellence are you going to do it every day and then the the life lesson is is to to reject mediocrity or never compromise your standard never compromise 
And uh, even if it means the guest has to wait a little bit longer, you know, you never compromise. You want to you want to make sure that standard stays high. So, and and, and again, what what do you do when people aren't looking? This this part was a wake up call for me. I'm not gonna lie because uh, I have to admit I got pretty messy, pretty lazy, pretty. I mean, just a couple things recently happened with episodes I published where I missed little details and I I did not have that excellence. And I was like, son of a bitch. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I need to be more excellent. I, I cannot settle for this stuff. And you, I feel like you reading your words. I, I feel like you were calling me out, and it was such a wake up call. Uh, thank you. And and I'll get into the details during the closing thoughts. Uh, so I'll leave you guys hanging if you're listening to this, what I'm talking about, but let's move on to the seventh and final, uh, chef rule. Cook. With yeah. Honor. Cook. Yeah. yeah. Cook with honor. I mean, that's, that's kind of special. And, and that kind of ties into, you know, the, the chef is a retired military guy. And, um, so he, you know, obviously there's a lot of honor to be a, to be a soldier, to be in, in, in the army and, and, and to cook with honor. I mean, to respect the product, respect where that, that product came from, you know, and, and many times a young person will be in the kitchen and they'll whack off three, four inches off the end of a celery ball and throw in the trash. I'm like, what are you doing? Mm. You know, if you only know how hard it was for someone to get that stock of celery to us here in Houston, Texas, what it took for someone to plant those seeds and you would have a lot more respect for it. And and um, and so then the life, you know, that, that's re, um, as far as living is concerned, live with honor, treat every person with respect and never forget where, you know, who you're serving. And an even better one than that is is never forget where you come from. And, and that that kind of comes full circle, you know, never forget where you come from. What go, comes around goes around. So um, be respectful of that. Awesome. I love it. So. This book uh, will be available on Amazon, I believe, on the 17th. You'll be publishing it on the 17th? Yeah, it, uh, it launches on the 17th. So anybody who pre-orders, uh, they'll actually get some special video footage of John and I cooking in the kitchen. And, and the recipes are available in the back of the book. You know, it just has a, you know, kind of a, a fun thing for the readers. But they can actually see us cooking a lot of them um, uh, on some bonus material. So... And I will have that book in the show notes. Just head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 387 for the links. The The episode goes live on the 16th. So it's a day before the book is available on Amazon and I'm sure on other uh, platforms. But I, I will link to the book in Amazon. Can they pre-order it or how does that work? Yeah, sure. They can pre-order. Yeah, for okay. sure. Cool. So you can pre-order. Uh, I'll have the link in the show notes. And uh, I mean, we just covered the, the big takeaways, the lessons, but really the story that happens that unfolds uh, in between the lessons and how they apply these lessons to the story. The book is definitely worth picking up and having your team um, read it. And uh, what are some closing thoughts that you have before we say goodbye? Well, I mean, you talked about, you know, my favorite thing is, is, is find that thing that uh, dare, dare yourself to dream and, and, and uh, find that thing that makes you jump out of bed in the morning. But, but the other thing is I, I like to uh, kind of quote a movie that um, it was called Finding Forrester. And it's an old movie. I think it was in 2000. Finding Forrester. And it was Sean Connery was in the movie. And he was, uh, he was Forrester. He was a one-hit wonder author, as it goes. And, but he, was a, he, got, he got huge uh, uh, awards for that one book. So the, a lot of colleges studied that book. And this boy stumbles on. He finds him. He finds Forrester by, by mistake. And he was kind of underground. He didn't want to be seen. And he talks Forrester into teaching him how to write. 
and there's one scene in there where, and I'll never forget it. I don't know why it resonates with me so well, but the boy is in there and he has uh, one of those old typewriters and he's supposed to write, start writing in front of Forrester and he's just froze. He's, he's got writer's block and Sean Connery just starts yelling at him, start punching the keys, start freaking punching the keys, get started. Mm. And, and that's always been a life lesson for me for some reason. And, and, and to get started, get started because Again, what do I know about writing books? Back I, that's a whole other story. My first book, it was a freak thing. I said I told my father I was going to do it, and he slapped me on the back and he said, "Good, good for you." And I'll get in a car. And then six months later, I had a contract. You know, awesome. and um, but you got to start punching the keys. Mm. And and you know, I know nothing about TV shows, but 80, 80 meetings later, I'm I'm pretty well educated, and I got an agent in in LA working to sell it right now, and the movies, and the books, and the in the pocket, all these kind of things. You got to start punching the keys and, and it will happen. There ain't nothing to it, but to do it is something I love to say. And it's so true. Just start. Yeah. You're going to be clueless. You're going to be scared. You're going to be embarrassed. You're going to suck to be completely honest. You're going to suck at first. And then you start sucking yeah. a little less and then you start yeah. getting good and then you start getting really good. So just start. Uh, and things will get easier. Uh, I couldn't agree more. And one final thought that I want to share before we sign off, um, is pick up this book and let it be an example of what you could be to somebody else. Uh, you can choose to show up every day as a restaurant tour, as a manager and just go through the motions, or you can choose to impact somebody else's life and to take what you know and to make somebody else better, to leave them better than how you found them. What's that? The, uh, improve everything you touch, every dish mm-hmm. you touch, take this person, take the people in your lives and choose to mentor them. Uh, have an impact is I think the big lesson And this book can serve as a, uh, a template as a, a something to inspire you to show up every day being that, you know, that chef in somebody else's life. So awesome stuff. Um, before I let you go, we wrap up every episode by calling somebody out. So who is one independent restaurant operator, somebody you admire in this industry who you believe would make a great guest mentor on the show? Oh, Johnny Caraba. Um, I, I think, I mean, you're talking about mentor and, and, and life lessons. Um, I would say Johnny Caraba. Uh, he he's uh, I had him on my my show, uh, the recipe podcast, Celebrity Secret to a Successful Life, and and and, and he brings tears to my eyes. I mean, I love Johnny like a brother. I've known him for I don't know, seventeen years, I guess. But and here's a guy who's who's had a business for thirty plus years and he's still doing it. Mm. And and they, they haven't changed their brand. You know, they're they're you know it's a it's a home cooked meal and it's. You know, he's one of the first to have an open open kitchen, and and uh, the guy's got a heart as big as his building, and he's a special guy. He takes good care of his pe- he calls his people, you know, and he's had he has a lot of people that have been here with him over 15 years, and he has a few that's been with him since day one, 30 some odd years. Um, so he's a he's he's a he's a true uh, pro, and um, and uh, you just feel good to be around the guy. Johnny Caraba lookouts. I'm coming after you. I'd be honored to get you as a guest on the show <laughs> and uh, let the folks know how we can connect with you, how we can follow your work, uh, social handles, websites, anything. If they want to, to follow what you're doing, how can we connect? Sure. Um, um, just about everything I have is on chef, Charles, Carol.com chef, Charles, Carol, C A R R O L L.com. And, um, I do a lot of speaking all over the country and parts of the world and, and, uh, my podcast, um, 
uh, I want to be like you one day. So uh, we have some really fantastic uh, guests, and, and I'm very proud of that, the Recipe Podcast. Did you say you wanted to be like me? Yeah. Oh, man, man I wanna, I'm sorry. Yeah, you, you got the, you got the, other than that T-shirt you're wearing. Oh, yeah, the, other than that, are awesome. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so um, I'm proud of that, and uh, just, just trying to keep touching people's uh, hearts and, and make a difference. And you know, as soon as you make your dream bigger than you are and, a, and about – not about you, about other people that you yes. want to help people, that you want to touch the hearts. That's when the dreams start coming true. Yeah. And um, so I, I uh, and ChefCharlesCarroll.com anyway. So everything's on there, and I appreciate uh, I appreciate you having me on your show. Oh, it was an honor. And be- before I say goodbye, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge uh, you for manifesting your destiny and for choosing to take action and to just pound the keys. And one of the biggest lessons I've learned uh, about successful people is they understand that it's all about sharing the knowledge and taking what you've learned and passing it down and and using your knowledge to make the next generation a little bit better. And I've heard the quote, you know, we are, we're in debt. We're all in debt to those who came before us and we pay that debt to the next generation and you're doing that. So I want to acknowledge you for doing that, for sharing knowledge and just making the, the world a better place when you came into it. Uh, thank you so much, man. It's my pleasure. All right. Well, thank you. And uh, there is no questioning. You are unstoppable. Cheers. <laughs> thank you, sir. There's another great episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Chef Carol, uh, man, just such great experience. And guys, this this book that he wrote is, like I mentioned, just one that I think we should all read just to remind ourselves of the power we have over the young people we get to work with every day. And it's our responsibility. It's our role to uh, invest in our future. And that's kind of, to me, that's what this book was. So great book, great feel good book. And just a lot of great life lessons uh, to be shared in this book. So do pick it up, find it on Amazon. I link to it in the show notes. Again, this is episode 387 head over to restaurant unstoppable.com slash 387 you'll find the links right there and uh yeah good stuff i hope you guys enjoyed it um so during the interview i quickly mentioned that uh i felt like chef carol was calling me out at one point when i was reading the book about that standard to excellence and i just wanted to apologize so recently uh man things got crazy and uh, i was <laughs> i was doing a lot and uh, probably bit off more than I could chew at one point, not too long ago, but a week ago. Uh, and, uh, I was rushing to get editing done and I, I published an episode that was, uh, half rate. So when I, when I edit these episodes, I cut them down, I compress them to half. So uh, they speak quicker so I can edit faster. And, uh, I published the episode like that. So the point being is, you know, when you rush and you don't pay attention to the details and you're not in the moment, uh, you, you, you miss the, the, the things that matter, the, the, the details. So that was a big lesson for me. And, uh, you know, that's why these books are great. They, they really put you into a reality check. So I, I just want to apologize to my sponsor and to, uh, the, uh, guest, I think it was, uh, Jennifer Pelka for publishing her episode like that. It's not fair. People are, you know, donating their time to, to contribute to this resource. And that wasn't cool. So reality check, uh, back at it. And just goes to show we all make mistakes, but we're not defined by our mistakes. We're defined by what we do and how we rebound and what we learn from those mistakes. So that was my lesson learned right there. And like always, guys, please do connect with me. Find me on Instagram, Eric Cacciatore, Twitter, 
Eric Cacciatore and Facebook slash Restaurants Unstoppable. Keep those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio coming. They support the show so much. Share the show. is That's the best way to support the show. Please share this resource with anybody you know who is aspiring to be great in the restaurant industry. And, uh, yeah, I do take donations, too. So head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash support. Every little bit helps. We'll go back to allowing me to build my team and start really uh, investing in uh, new resources and getting more out, out on the road and connecting with these restaurant owners and just trying to better or uh, create better content for you, really. So, uh, yeah. Uh, that's all for today. Thanks for listening to this point and until next time, peace out.